Hey, everybody. My name is Nathan Holritz, host of the Boca Podcast. Welcome to this live stream. It happens to be a Friday. I hope you've had a really great week. And um, wow, it's been kind of a crazy week on this end. Maybe it's been on that end as well, especially as we get into busy season for your wedding photographers. You're probably picking up steam here, shooting a number of events, maybe even this weekend. But I hope that this particular conversation today with the photographer I'm going to introduce here in just a second is super helpful for you as you're thinking about managing that extreme workload going into busy season. And you know what? On that note, let me just go ahead and introduce a brand new guest here on the Boca podcast today. Jenna Henderson is here with me and oh, I pushed the wrong. There we go. Got the right buttons. Jenna, hey, thanks for coming to hang out with me. Hey, yeah. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, and, and to kind of break the fourth wall a little bit, for anybody who doesn't know, I have a second photography podcast called the Newbie Photographer Podcast, of course, dedicated to new photographers. Jenna has already been a guest on that. And that's an even shorter form podcast. Jenna, as you and I talked about, we had like 15, 20 minutes to get into a topic that we could have probably easily spent two, three hours on. Yes. And yes, uh, we're going to have... we're here now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're going to kind of build yeah. on that here. And for anybody who's curious, we'll link to that episode with Jenna on the Newbie Podcast in the show notes at Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com. By the way, for anybody who's live streaming with us, don't be shy. Ask questions, comment, send us funny emojis if you want to engage with us. It's part of the benefit of these live streams is getting to be part of the conversation. And uh, so I want to encourage you to do just that. Jenna, briefly, if you will, introduce yourself to our listeners before we get into the main conversation at hand. Yeah, I'm Jenna Henderson. I have been a full-time wedding and portrait photographer for over 17 years. Um, I mainly focus on families, um, but I still shoot uh, weddings, mostly elopements now. And I'm also a coach for photographers. I work specifically with photographers who are on the brink of the brink of burnout to help them kind of create a balanced business. Which might sum up um, probably a large percentage of the photography industry. It seems like in many cases, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but I, photographers by default aren't the most organized group of people in the world, right? Sure. Where they, they right. categorize themselves as artist types. Um, they're passionate about photography and having a photography business, but the idea of structure and organization and systems that enable them to have a more flexible and free life as a business owner, mm -hmm. that's not the default mentality or mindset. And so it's easy to get just get caught up in everything that's going on and work 60, 80 hours a week. Yes, very easy. It's, it's hard for us to sometimes separate us as a person from us as a business. Hmm. See, speaking of conversations that could go two, three hours. So let's let's park there for just a yeah. second. Talk okay. a little bit about that, because I think you're very right. It's it's easy to associate our identity with what it is that we do as a profession. I'm I know that I'm intentionally even more so probably in the last six months, even trying to do more outside of work so that my identity isn't work. Like it's very easy to just get stuck there. But there's so much more to life. Why do you mm -hmm. think it is that photographers associate their identity with their work to such an extreme degree? Well, we are unique in that um, as small business owners, as photographers, we are the only ones in our business. Usually we're the face of our business. We do all parts of our business. We often work from home. And so it's hard for us to recognize. It's hard sometimes for our clients to recognize that there's a difference between who we are as a person and who we are as a business. And so we have to say, yes, there is a difference. I am a person outside of my business and set boundaries around it because without those boundaries, we work all the time and 
and we let the line blur between us as a person, us as a business. And so that's where the burnout really begins hmm. right there. Yeah, that that's it's so easy to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk today a little bit about how to intentionally create work-life balance. And um, before we do that, uh, Jenna, if you don't mind turning up your volume on your mic just a little bit more, if that's possible, or maybe even just pull it a little bit closer to you. Is that better? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I <laughs> okay, just want to make sure. Closer. I want to make sure everybody can hear you really well. And I'm going to pull up Jenna's site here. So for anybody who's not live streaming with us, if you just go to Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, clicks.com, you can see her website there. And of course, information about coaching, consulting. We'll talk about that here in just a second. And then uh, Jenna Henderson photo on Instagram. We'll link to both of those in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. So Jenna, let's just kind of jump right in. And um, we, we talked on the newbie podcast about work-life balance, but you use the word creating in that conversation, creating work-life balance is what you were alluding to. And that caught my attention because I like the, I guess the significance of intention behind that word. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Will you talk, I guess, before we talk about how to do that, we talk just a little bit about first what that idea of work-life balance means. Yeah. Well, we often hear people say the phrase, you know, when they're getting overwhelmed with work or parenting or all the things, I just need to find the balance. But I think that's where we get it wrong is um, because when we say we need to find the balance, it suggests that balance already exists and that it's out there somewhere, maybe some little balance fairy living in the woods. And unless we're lucky enough to stumble upon it, we're just stuck in the cycle of overwhelm and burnout. But the thing is, balance can't possibly already exist because it looks different for everyone. We have to be the ones who are intentional about creating it. We have to be proactive about creating it and and defining what it really looks like for us as individuals. And excuse me. And it goes beyond just work and work life balance, but parenting balance, marriage balance, community balance. You know, all of this stuff that we're doing when we're creating work-life balance is we're examining our own personal energy needs and then intentionally designing our lives to meet our energy needs. So there is that idea again of intention. And the moment you started describing the importance of not finding, but deciding, creating for ourselves what it is that we want, it took me back to the conversation that that we hear in culture quite a bit, which is this notion of finding ourselves. We talk about identity. People talk about finding Mm -hmm. themselves as though there's this, I I know it's such a nebulous concept, even to try to describe it, it, it kind of feels weird because the suggestion is that there is this thing called ourselves somewhere in this timeline of our life that we're going to somehow land on. And then maybe the, you know, the fairies will start singing and the angels will toot their trumpets or whatever. <laughs> and, exactly. and that we're going to suddenly know, oh, we found ourselves versus what you're alluding to, which is this idea of taking responsibility and intentionally creating the life that we want. We decide who we want yeah. to be. And then we figure out the steps necessary to, to become that particular person. And I think very yeah. similarly in this case, we decide the life that we want to create. And you're right, it does look different for everybody. But we then try to figure out the steps necessary to get to that particular place. And we intentionally create it versus just crossing our fingers and hoping we find it. Yeah. And it's it's different for everybody. It's different for ourselves too, in depending on what season of life we're in, what season of the year we're in. And so we have to recognize that this is not just a set it and forget it kind of thing. This is a constant evaluation of where do we want to be and where are we right now and how do we get from point A to point B to make our lives, our balance 
what it is that we really want. And so we have to start by defining that, by figuring out what does work-life balance look like to me right now in this season that I'm in. That's a, yeah, so I, I love that perspective. And I don't know that I've had any guests on the show yet that has described it that way. So there can be this kind of sense of angst and stress, mm-hmm. which is like, oh man, I just feel like I'm, all I ever do is work. I'm constantly on my phone. I'm constantly mm-hmm. working on my computer. I feel like I don't have enough time with my kids or a significant other or time to actually like do anything but work. And mm-hmm. there's that sense of anxiety, but there's no, I guess, effort to take a step back then and try to figure out to define for ourselves what it is that we actually want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just very general in nature, the conversation. So you're saying that yeah. the specificity of saying, hey, you know what? This is the life that I want. What yeah. work-life balance looks like to me is fill in the blank, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And we decide that, and then that enables us then to try to figure out the steps necessary to create that. Yes, yes. Okay. And, and instead of thinking about it in terms of just work-life balance, I think we have to think of it in terms of what we value. What are our core values? And how can we create a life that allows us to live out or fulfill those values? So for me, for example, uh, like a lot of people, I'm sure I value my family, I value my home, I value peace. Um, I also personally value things like ease and freedom and fun. And so for me, work-life balance looks like a business that allows me to prioritize those core values as part of my life without feeling stress or without feeling guilt for going after them or fear um, that causes me to constantly hustle. I really, really like that. I I mean, internally and then externally also, I'm nodding because this we're very much Mm -hmm. on the same page in this regard. There are 12 values that I've kind of established for myself that I want yeah. uh, for myself that I want to live by. And it's not that I do that perfectly every day, but I, I kind of keep those in front of me because I want to live these out. If somebody talks about me, let's say I die tomorrow and somebody talks about me, I want them to at least say, Hey, Nate was, and you know, fill in the blank with three or four of those yeah. values because I was living those things consistently. So to that end, being clear about, we talk a lot about the idea of a big picture view here on the podcast, Mm -hmm. which is overarching set of goals. In my mind, it also includes values because Mm -hmm. once we've established those things, it's a lot easier than to decide the business model that will enable us to accomplish those values and to accomplish those goals. Exactly. So I really love this mentality. You know, I was, I just had a conversation um, earlier this week. I'm part of a mastermind group and Mm -hmm. I asked for feedback from the coach who's part of that group who... Uh, is has been really, really helpful. He was saying, uh, and I said to him, hey, look, I, I understand that I have this tendency to go into whatever the situation might be with um, a particular way of doing things in mind. Mm-hmm. And I want to understand how I could be more curious, more flexible in that regard. And he, he said, hey, you know what? There's the, the distinction that needs to be made is vision, which you know, to our conversation is kind of that overarching set of goal, the big picture view, the values, mm-hmm. vision, and then agenda. So vision for hopefully most photographers and most business owners in general is that freedom, that flexibility. Yeah. The agenda, the yeah. tasks, the steps necessary to get to that place might look different for different people. And so I think it's really important to note that for those listening in, live streaming with us now, and then of course listening after the fact that what we're about to out or what Jenna's about to outline for us is not about giving you specific steps for a particular uh, or that is specific to you. What we're talking about is principles that enable you to accomplish Mm -hmm. the vision, the agenda, the steps necessary to get to that place for you specifically are going to vary from person to person. Like you said earlier, Jenna, that work-life balance differs 
Uh, but what we're all yeah. trying to hopefully accomplish in some way is freedom and flexibility. And so to that end, I would love for you to share the suggestions. I think you said you had four big ideas. Is that right? Yeah, that you're going to share yeah. with our listeners? Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. So I think the first step is um, when we're creating a work-life balance is to gain that clarity. We really need to understand how we define our success, how we define our values, um, what does it mean? What does it look like for us? And when we understand what we value, um, then we know what we're working towards. We know like, oh, well, if I want my business, to, I want my business to look like this. And so now I know where I'm going and how to get there. Um, <clears throat> I think we also have to have a lot of clarity on our numbers as business owners. And, and I think it is sometimes overlooked the relationship between what we're trying to accomplish when it comes to our values and how our numbers play into that. Because, you know, without recognizing the relationship between our values and our numbers, it's like shooting an arrow in the dark. We have no idea what we're working towards yeah. or what it's going to take to make it happen. That's really good. Okay, so you may have seen me looking down here, but for anybody who's live streaming with us, I, I kind of old school, so I, I'm taking notes here on a notebook, and I wrote the first step being to establish a vision, to be clear about what it is that we're trying to achieve, kind of a mm -hmm. big, bigger picture mm -hmm. level like we talked about. Number two is clarity about the numbers. Maybe go ahead and share the third and fourth um, points, and then we'll kind of come back and dissect each of these if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So then it's all about boundaries. Um, for photographers, it looks like setting regular office hours, um, not responding to texts or DMs at 24 hours a day, but or only responding via email and only during office hours, only editing during office hours, keeping our laptops off the couch or out of the bed so that those places can be just for rest or for chill time. And so that's all about recognizing that we as photographers are a valid and legitimate business, just like any regular business. We don't expect our dentist or the post office or the bank to be open and available 24-7, and there's no reason we should be as well. And that goes back to the idea that that line for us gets blurred because we it's hard to separate us as a photographer and us as a person. Okay, cool. So establishing boundaries. And again, we'll come back mm -hmm. to this because I, I have a mm -hmm. follow-up question or two. What's the, what's the fourth yeah. idea? Um, putting white space on our calendar. And this is when, um, this is especially important this time of year for most wedding and portrait photographers because we're going into our busiest season of the year. It's fall and that's just kind of when we hang on for dear life. And so we need to be intentional about blocking off days for no work, no shoots, no edits, no nothing, and no adulting either, like doctor's appointments or errands or house catch up. I'm talking about sleep and binge watching something on TV or a massage or a fancy dinner out or a midday movie by yourself, but something where we can give our minds and our bodies a chance to just turn off and rest and recoup. Because when we do that, our energy returns, our creativity mm. returns. Yeah. And then when we get back to working, the best version of ourselves of ourselves can show up and get the work done. And chances are the well-rested version of ourselves will be more productive, more efficient, and deliver better work. 100%. But if we, if we don't go ahead and schedule this time on our calendar and it, if we don't proactively do it before we get busy, it's not just going to happen. We're not going to just have these open days. We're going to fill that space with something else. So we have to make these off days happen. Yeah, there's that intention again, right? Okay, so yeah. just for anybody who's listening in, if you're the note-taking type, number one, establish your vision. Number two, establish clarity about your numbers. Number three, establish boundaries. And then number four, establish white space on your calendar. So let's just kind of take these one by one. We've got a few minutes here to, to kind of break these down a little bit more. Establish vision. 
I think a lot of photographers listening in might be like, okay, that sounds great, but it's kind of grandiose and I don't know what that actually mm -hmm. means. Can you make that a little bit more tangible for our listeners? How do you, Jenna, personally go about that process of establishing vision? Can you, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think back on my career and there was a time in my career when I was really seeking out this idea of being a destination wedding photographer. You know, it's shiny and I saw a lot of people doing cool things and it's like, oh yeah, cool, get paid to go to these cool places and, and fancy pants shoots and all this stuff. And so I worked towards that and I booked a couple of destination cool things. You know, one that comes to mind, I had a really cool um, vow renewal for like 20 people in Maui. And so that was like it, right? Like I made it. But what I recognized was I like to travel, but I do not like to work when I'm traveling. I like to bring my family. And if I have to work while I'm on vacation with my family, I'm missing out on family time. They're having the vacation and I'm working. And I also learned I don't super love to travel with equipment. Um, <clears throat> it's not easy. I value ease. Um, but it's heavy and it's nerve wracking and film going through x-rays or not x-ray, TSA, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so what I recognized was I was chasing this idea that I had been influenced from the industry to think was the version of success I needed to have. But in reality, that wasn't the case at all. I can do the things I need to do right here where I am, make money at home, and then use that money to go on vacation with my family. And i didn't have to combine them in the way that I thought I did. And so for me, that was what I had to do. I had to evaluate, be like, why Why was this not fun? Why did I not like this trip? And, and what can I do to realign it to be something that's more in line with what I'm valuing and what I'm going for here? That's so good. I, I'm Right now, I'm kind of in real creation mode, as in real videos, like vertical videos. Uh, mm -hmm. short form content, you know, 30 second clips. Mm -hmm. And you are the best teacher, Jenna, because I'm thinking, oh my goodness, clip, clip, clip. Like you've got yeah. such great <laughs> um, segments and, and one-liners there. But th the way that you explain that is so clear and easy to understand. And I think, again, a good reminder for our listeners, rather than feeling like, in this case, like you described, having to mix business and pleasure, for, for lack of a better description, sure. or business and personal life, create the business model that then enables the personal life that you want. And of course, yeah. again, in order to do that, you've got to take a step back and be clear about what it is that you want personally, and then try to, and, and then go create the business model that will support that. And I think you broke that down just beautifully. Okay. So number one is to establish a vision. Number two, establish clarity regarding numbers. And I've said this multiple times on the podcast before mm -hmm. that was my shortcoming by far as a business owner for years. And yeah. um, what I've realized is not only the significance of numbers, certainly as it comes to even just something as simple as taxes, but also yeah. looking at income and expenses and, and working to have a better looking P&L, ultimately profit and loss statement, but then mm -hmm. also the significance of data numbers, right? So Google Analytics, for example, and looking at customer mm -hmm. behavior and how they're engaging with the brand. There's so many different areas where numbers are applicable to a business. And it may sound nerdy, it may sound geeky, maybe something that seems overwhelming, certainly it was mm -hmm. to me, but we have to push beyond that because on the other side of that effort to better understand and to engage with the numbers um, is clarity on a really yes. significant level. And you talked about that earlier. How, how did you learn how to engage with numbers as a business owner? Yeah, so I think as creatives, we tend to hide from numbers because numbers are very concrete 
and creative minds, we tend to be like, oh, that's scary. I don't get that. Let me go live in this abstract world of <laughs> right, right. and creativity and yeah. leave the numbers to somebody else. And so when I speak about numbers, I'm speaking about money specifically here where we can say, okay, to live the life that I want to live, because I've, I've done that vision, right? I figured out what my version of success looks like, how much money I need to fulfill that life. You know, now I have that answer. I need to make X number of dollars. So how am I going to make it? Am I going to make it by shooting a billion things for a really cheap price? Am I going to make it by shooting one thing for a billion dollars? And so to figure out first what I need to make, and then second, how I'm going to make it, but but not just how I'm going to make it, but in a way that still um, works with how much I want to work. Yep. Um, I don't I don't want to necessarily work 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week. I don't yep. necessarily want to shoot every weekend, um, but I, I do want to shoot some. And so to figure out that balance of what I need to make and how often I want to work, that, you know, that tells me what I need to price, what kind of client I'm going to be working with, what kind of products I'm going to be putting out there. And so that answers a lot of questions. And, and starting from that direction, you know, from the inside working out versus saying, oh, well, this is what everybody else is doing. Yep. This is what a photographer's supposed to do. Let me just do that. And, and that's more like shooting an arrow in the dark. But we've got to start with what it makes sense for us and, and our business and what we want to make. So good. So good. There is the income component, right? Yes. Those are the, the numbers that we need to bring in to pay the bills and hopefully put money into savings and have a vacation or two mm-hmm. a year or maybe buy a toy mm-hmm. or two. Those are the, that's the, income. I have, I have pedicures. I have massages <laughs> in my budget. That's I've awesome. I've got date night. I've got yeah. Christmas, like uh, everything that I need to do to live Brilliant. the life that I want. I want to go on a date night with my husband a couple of times a month yes. and we like to kind of blow out. And so yeah. that's in my budget too, that I need to know what all of those numbers are so that I know that I'm working the right amount to earn that money. Brilliant. And I, and I love that, again, the intention behind that and also the, the detail that you actually are listing out, even things like that. I think that's really important. So there's It goes the, back to what I value because I right. value my family. I value my, my marriage. I value fun experiences. Mm-hmm. So all of that is centered on what I value. But then you also have the time component. I'm really glad you highlighted yeah. this. In fact, when I normally talk about big picture view, the idea of a big picture view, I highlight those ideas the income, but then also the amount of time in order to make that particular income. And it's super important that we, that we're able to specify or to be able to understand how much time it's going to take to make it because, you know, I, and I always bring up Gary Vaynerchuk, um, especially as it relates to this, this particular conversation, but he is one who is glad to work the 60, 80 hours a week. And sure, he's bringing in millions of dollars a year. But the question mm-hmm. is, is it really worth the trade-off? And I know for me, right. it's not. We talk about what it, you know, what our big picture view, what our intentions are. I, that does not, I, I don't care. I, it, like, yeah, sure, it sounds nice to make however many right. million dollars a year. But if I then am putting 60, 80 hours a week in and I'm missing out on time with family, what's the point? So exactly. Um, exactly. At the end of the day, yes, be clear about how much we need to bring in, but then also be clear about how many hours a week that we're willing to to do that. And if 80 hours a week brings in 500K, but 40 hours a week or 30 hours a week brings in 100K or even 80K for that matter, that, that we want to get to a place where we certainly have the money that we want to, to live the life that we want to, but we also have the time to actually do that, to enjoy that. And finding the balance is part of this process of being intentional and creating that so-called work-life balance. So that's really, really good. I love that you highlight that. Establishing boundaries. um, I guess at least the one question that I have here, because I think a lot of photographers have heard this idea of establishing boundaries. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I 
as conceptually anyway, it sounds great. But then mm-hmm. they're like, but what if I miss out, right? There's that FOMO. Yeah. What if, um, if, yeah, sure. I cut my hours off at five or five 30, but what if I get a DM at, at seven 30 and I don't respond to that right away? Is that, am I going to lose that potential business? How would you respond to a photographer in that case? Yeah, that's definitely fear driving us. And it's usually fear, um, from a scarcity mindset. Um, the scarcity mindset teaches us that there's never enough, whereas an abundance mindset tells us that there's always more. And so if we're living in a place of scarcity and fear, then we think, oh, if I don't answer this inquiry right away at 7, 30, 10 o'clock at night on Sunday or whatever, then it's going to be gone and it's never going to come back. But that's just not true. Um, there's there's more than enough clients to go around. There's there's plenty of work to be had and and we can still create boundaries for ourselves that allow us to live our lives without having to miss out. You know, it's and it's simple things sometimes like setting up auto responders that say, "Hey, I got your email and um, my office hours start again in the morning and I'll I'll get to you then." or something like that. And what happens is I think when we do that, we establish ourselves as more professional and legitimate business owners and that increases the respect that we get from our clients and that makes us more bookable and more hireable versus less if that makes sense oh there we go sorry i went to hit the Ah. button yeah i went to hit the button to switch over and i got a beep reminding me that i needed to click on something so yeah apologies for the the production error there but um you talk about the importance of managing expectations with something as simple mm-hmm. as an autoresponder. I think that's a great, at least first step. I, yeah. the, the caveat, of course, with autoresponders is they can come off as a bit robotic in nature. So being creative, having a little bit of fun, even with those, just yeah. so that the client doesn't feel like they're they're engaging with a, a robot, literally, right. um, that it feels a little bit more personal. But you're proactively yeah. managing expectations there and you're, you're ultimately creating the boundaries that enable you to have that flexibility necessary. And I think also there's a tendency that we have to kind of build things up in our mind way bigger than mm-hmm. they actually are mm-hmm. uh, or give them more significance than they actually need to have. And in, in this case, the idea that somebody might wait a couple of hours to get a response from us the next morning is probably not yeah. as big a deal as we might think it is. So, Well, we put ourselves in the consumer shoes and our client shoes. If we were to reach out to a business, I use the dentist example, often. But if we were to try to reach out to our dentist at 730 at night, would we be personally offended if they didn't immediately respond? Of course not, because we know and expect that they're going to have office hours. And there's no reason that we can't also, as business owners, have the same office hours. There we go. All right. So then number four, establish white space on our calendar. And you've kind of alluded to this idea already, but it's that effort at not only creating boundaries as far as a daily schedule, but then you talked about the idea of creating white space where we don't have to work and we don't even have mm-hmm. to adult. And I, and I really like yes. this concept. I've been thinking about this quite a bit more as of late, this idea of play, the significance of play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and creating space for that. And I, I think part of the reason I'm thinking about that is I'm 42 now. So I'm, you know, quote mm-hmm. unquote, getting a little bit older internally. I don't really think about it that way, but I know that as I continue to get older, it's very easy to fall into the habit of just doing the same things over and over and yes. over again all the time, because that's just what I'm used to. It's what I'm comfortable with. It's the, the intentionality behind breaking the patterns and getting out and doing something different. This past week, I wakeboarded for the first time and I looked ridiculous out there. I mean, I, I, I posted actually this insane face plant that I did because I wasn't <laughs> wakeboarding correctly. 
but I, I actually like the challenge of taking on something new. Um, I just bought a mountain bike and moving from a motorcycle, which I normally ride to a mountain bike in a different terrain is going to create yeah. a new set of challenges, which challenge me not only physically, but mentally as well. But I'm ultimately playing, I'm experimenting, I'm curious, I'm trying different things. And it's really easy as, as photography business owners to just get stuck in the rut of just doing the same thing over and over and over and yes. over again, constantly reacting to the business in front of us and not creating a little bit of space to play and to do something beyond that. And so I think it's really yes. great that you highlight the importance of this. Yes. It's easy for us as, for t as photographers. It's also easy for parents to get into that. Uh, routine of never changing things up and always constantly going but we just have to say you know what I'm going to take it you know right now especially when we're about to go into this busy season if we don't stop now today open up our calendars and pick out a day once a month for the rest of the year to just block it off it's not going to stay blocked off it's going to fill up with something with with shoots or with editing or with kids or some other obligation and so this is our opportunity now to block off those days and then get protective of them we can't just block it off and then when the time comes be like oh well i've got other things to do i'm going to go do them instead no we have to say i built this space in for myself and i'm going to take advantage of that space and if you've never done that before it's hard to do it's hard to just take the day and do nothing for people who are used to that constant hustle and that constant work and that constant go 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 pace and so it might feel really jarring at first but it's so so good for us to stop and just let our brains reset and let our bodies reset I like once a week to um, drop my kids off at school I go get back in the bed and I turn my alarms off and I just sleep until my body wakes up and that's usually at like 11 30 or 12 o'clock in the middle that's of the awesome day. but that's what I need every yeah. week you know I do that to give myself a chance to reset so I'm a better parent mm. I, I give myself that chance to reset so I can work more efficiently mm -hmm. be more creative um, that's that's allowing space for the best version of myself to show up by giving myself that chance to reset. Awesome. Just as we conclude here, because I, I know it might seem to some like a luxury that we're talking about creating this space and making a certain amount of money and only doing it in 20 or 30 hours a week. Um, something that you and I chatted about before we started the live mm -hmm. stream today was something that I've realized, honestly, more in the last couple of years or so, the significance of um, or I guess maybe the, the balance between creating that freedom and that flexibility for ourselves, but also realizing that if we want to build something great, it's going to take time and effort and energy. And I think that's easy yeah. for that conversation to get lost in, in the mix right now. And, you know, first world culture mm -hmm. in particular, where we're just endlessly talking about all the, the, the really nice sounding things. And meanwhile, right. not acknowledging the reality, which is that sometimes it just takes putting the grunt work in. And yes. so I'm wondering if you can just comment on that as, as we close, what that, I guess, how photographers might consider looking at the balance between making sure they're still putting the hours in, putting the work in, and then still having some of that flexibility that we're talking about. Yeah, I think when we first start out, we're going to hustle harder. We're going to have to work harder. We're going to have to build that, you know, establish that foundation for our business. But once that foundation is established, once our client base is established, once we have figured out kind of where we are and get our footing, we don't have to maintain that pace. And so that I think is where we have to recognize some of that startup. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit more work. We have to put in the hours. Every time that I try to do something new, I've got to put in a little bit more work to figure it out. Um, but 
we can we can do it and, and we have to be very efficient with how we're working I, I think it comes to uh, workflows i think that's a big key we have to create them and then we have to reevaluate them often and we have to ask ourselves okay now that i've done this and it's i figured it out maybe it's a little clunky so how can i turn this into a well-oiled machine how can i make things run as smoothly as possible so that i can do what i'm doing but refine it and work less and alleviate yeah. some mental labor in order to feel more balanced. That's and it. And again, Th these answers are, yeah, they're different for everybody. Everybody sure. has different business models, different goals, but there's still probably an opportunity to iron out some inefficiencies, figure things out that need to be outsourced, um, continue to do that and to do it now um, and, and build better habits. Instead of just continuing to manage problems, we have to solve the problems. Oh, yeah. And that could be a podcast in and of itself. But that's, yeah. that's so, so important The that, that we actually are willing to take a step back and, and look at because it's easy to put a Band-Aid on something. Right. Yeah. But yeah. to actually take a step back and look at what's broken underneath to address that, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to systems and workflow and ultimately creating time for ourselves. That's really mm -hmm. important. And it takes a little bit of effort and energy it does a lot of it most does. photographers i think in, in that case or at least a lot of them anyway would respond like i, I don't have time to, to try to go fix my workflow right now i'm too and that's busy the catch 22 that's the catch but 22. that's also the irony right like that yeah that they're not willing to stop and take the time or maybe put a couple yes. hours extra in, in the evening for example to look at their workflow to address the inefficiencies yes so that they then could have way more time exactly. um, but i just wanted to make sure that we highlighted the significance of work uh, and and if nothing else it's a bit of a um, a personal thing. Like I, I realized, and I told you this, Jenna, before we started, but mm. when I started Photographer's Edit, my editing company back in 2008, my intention was to create a company that generated passive income for me. Mm. I.e., once the systems are set up and, and we've got something good going, I don't have to be in it all the time and it's generating income for me. I took that to the extreme and I was literally working like, I don't know, three or four hours a week once the systems were in place. And I had the luxury of doing that, of course, because I had a wonderful team that was that was putting in the hours. Mm -hmm. But it was also a bit lazy on, on my part. And had I even just put in, say, another 15 hours, 20 hours on top of that, where my company might be right now would be potentially 2, 3x what it is. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I just don't want the the significance of, of hard work. I, I just listened to somebody the other day who's got a business that is kind of in its early stages talking about how they didn't want to go do the work to actually run the business. Um, and that was kind of the theme. And, and internally, I'm thinking, and it's, again, especially because of my own experience, knowing where I fell short in that regard, I'm thinking, mm -hmm. how do you expect to build anything, really, if you're not willing to right. actually do the work? We have right. to be willing to do the work. So there is a, a balance even in this conversation. And I yeah. just wanted to make sure that we highlight that. But you're absolutely right. A lot of what takes up so much time in a photographer's work week are inefficiencies mm -hmm. and if we're willing to yes. take a step back first of all establish a vision like you're talking about but then put the systems in place that will enable us to run more efficiently we can get yes. back another 10 15 hours in the week and and uh, that makes a massive massive difference so yeah and then we have that choice once we get back that time we can choose we can do more work like you were saying you could put in an extra 10 15 hours work more make more money or we can choose to not we can choose to go and sleep or you know, go on an adventure, go hiking or biking, yeah. whatever that, that vision is for our version of success, for our core values. When we are working as efficiently as possible, when we have, instead of managing all of our problems, we're solving them and we're really thinking deeply about it. Then that opens up that opportunity for the choice of whatever's going to be their next right move. Brilliant.
As we finish here, I know, again, this is, we just kind of scratched the surface on such a massive topic. I would love for you to share with our listeners where they can learn a little bit more about your brand and some of the coaching that you offer. If, if they're curious, they're like, hey, you know what? This all makes sense, but I, I'm still overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, how can you help them? Yeah. <clears throat> so parties on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most um, at Jenna Henderson Photo. Um, I also offer one-on-one coaching. And so if that's something that you need, that direct attention, you can reach out to me. And very, very soon, I have an online course called Bright Boss Academy that is launching, waiting on the last minute details of legal stuff to finish up. But okay. uh, that is going to be a go at your own pace, coaching in a box, where okay. I'm going to walk you through all the steps from starting at that clarity, figuring out, show you exactly how to figure out your numbers for money and what you need to make and pricing cool. and how to set boundaries, how to say no to clients, how to manage expectations, all that stuff. I'm going to walk walk you through all of that. And can they find that then at jennaclicks.com or where can they learn more about <clears> that? Uh, that's at brightbossacademy.com. Okay. Brand perfect. new. I just connected the domain like three days ago. <laughs> so I'm very excited about it. <laughs> Brilliant. We'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. So when the audio version of this comes out, of course, for everybody, you can find that link there, but brightbossacademy.com. Is that right? That's it. That's perfect. It. Good. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting us know about that. I, I'm not sure I was even aware of that. So, and, and it's really it's nice to brand have new. I haven't even, like, I haven't even finished the last period on it, but it's, it's <laughs> okay. so close. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about perfect. it. <laughs> thanks for sharing. And then of course, yeah. for anybody who missed it at the beginning of the conversation, if you go to Jenna clicks.com, you can mm -hmm. also learn more about the one-on-one -on -one coaching there. Make sure to follow Jenna Henderson photo on Instagram. And of course we'll link to this on, on in the show notes. My goodness, I can't get my prepositions right there. In the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Thanks, Jenna, again, for doing the show with me today. Thank I you. truly appreciate yeah. it. Oh, me too. Such a fun conversation. <laughs>